Superintendent of uh, Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman, uh, with us. Good morning, Matt. Thank you so much for coming in today. Good morning, Jeff. How are you? Today? I'm doing pretty well. We've got uh, we got some hot temperatures today. I'm kind of glad. I mean, graduation this year that wasn't the best weather, but it's a whole lot better than 97 degrees. <laughs> it has finished graduation the last time I saw you. It was yeah. a great day. It was a great day, and you know, I think that uh, we we did really kind of luck out with the weather. I mean, we've had first of all, anytime we can have the graduation outside, the high school graduation outside is fantastic mm-hmm. because it's far better outside on beautiful Memorial Field, you know, than it is indoors. And you know, we did have uh, you know probably mid sixties, some wind, but not as much. I mean, we've had year we've had years where it's been ninety five degrees on graduation day, or years where it's eighty and. 30 mile an hour winds and people are trying to catch their caps and of course few people actually remember those kinds of things because when it's all said and done people just enjoyed the celebration and so uh, congratulations to all of our graduates from Northfield High School and from the Area Learning Center Uh, we are so proud of what they have accomplished and you know I personally really look forward to the difference uh, that they're going to make in the world. Absolutely. Let's move on to uh, last night. It's back to business. This is the end of not only the school year uh, last week, but at the end of this month will be the end of the fiscal year as well. And that means uh, you are obligated to get some budgets done and passed and in place for next year. I'm presuming that was all taken care of last night. It was all taken care of last night, Jeff. So uh, Val Murdestorf, our director of finance, uh, runs uh, you know a really great ship in our finance office and is you know, we actually start our budget process for the year uh, in December when we receive the audit report from the previous year. And then in January, we do a financial forecast that prompted our budget prioritization process that we did through February and uh, March, concluding in April. And then, you know, in the spring, all of the different funds uh, that are associated with the school district budget are heard. So, Uh, There's an internal service fund uh, that is really for the management of our health and dental insurance. Uh, We do debt service, right? That is the the account that we use when we get money from the taxpayers to pay off of our debt. So previous capital projects, uh, previous building projects. Uh, We have a building construction fund that has to be approved because, again, because we have had some construction projects in the past, we have a roof project this year. That's the project that we use to pay our construction bills out of. Uh, community education and child nutrition are both required to be separate standalone funds by state law. Uh, and then, of course, the big one of all of them is the general fund. So these presentations, as we've been talking, they've been happening over the last several months to show um, what are the projected re- revenues and expenditures for the budgets. And then in the at the June meeting, we asked the board to adopt all of them. So they did so last night. Uh, the general fund budget uh, is uh, projecting revenues at just about fifty-eight million dollars, or excuse me, just about sixty million dollars, fifty-nine point seven million, uh, and expenditures next year are projected at sixty-one point three million. So uh, a deficit a little bit smaller than what we had had last year. Um, continuing as we work our budget prioritization components in, we'll continue to work on making sure that we're as close to a balanced budget as we are able, um, without taking time about the legislature, I will point out that the education bill that got stymied because we could have not been able to um, come to an agreement on a special session that would have done a lot of great things for the state. Um, so we're running a deficit of you know about a million and a half. 
um, the amount of money we would have gotten from a final, uh, finally addressing the special education cross subsidy in a meaningful way would have been $1.7 million. So we've told you before that our gap in our budget is the special education cross subsidy, and it is, and that's just an example of where we're at. But again, um, on track and uh, doing those things at the end of the fiscal year to prepare for the next fiscal year. You know, you, you'd mentioned that this has been a project you've been working on for months and months, the school district, everybody involved with that. You get to the final uh, approval stage. Was everything in place? Was there any discussion last night? Were there any, uh, any things you had to adjust at the last minute? So, Jeff, that's one of the reasons that we do the process that we do. Um, if we do it right, by the time we get to this point, there's there's limited discussion. And the reason that there's limited discussion is because we present each of those budgets individually. So we just don't, you know, show the entire overall budget, you know, to, you know, uh, the board at one meeting. They're hearing pieces of it over several different months. So they are having an opportunity to ask very detailed and specific questions about each of those funds that I mentioned. So by the time that we get to this point, almost, if not all of the questions have been answered. So there is limited discussion about that final passage, because even though this is the concluding event, there's been a tremendous amount of time spent the last couple of months uh, digging into those and making sure uh, that we have our projections uh, as best as we can. Let's move on. Um, from the uh, standpoint of uh, the pandemic going on now with COVID-19, uh, the school year has come and gone, and there was really a no-mandated uh, uh, distance learning or learning outside the classroom, though you do offer some courses that do that. Uh, you were able to keep the kids in school all year, and uh, that's that's a good thing. It makes a big difference. Absolutely, and you know, I think that uh, when we look back to 2020-21, the first full school year that was impacted by COVID-19, um, I think at the end of, if I, in fact, I'm sure if we listened to the recording from this time last year, uh, we would say it was probably the hardest year that we ever had had. Um, and then we had this year. And what I will tell you is across the country, uh, schools had a much more difficult year this year, and it wasn't even close. Uh, and part of that is, I think, the adjustment uh, to how everyone is learning to live with and manage uh, the virus. So let's just go to some numbers. In 2020-21, we had a total of 263 confirmed COVID-19 cases in the entire school district. And we thought that was hard. Uh, in 21-22, we registered 1,415 cases. Um, over 600 in January alone. And very different uh, in 21-22 versus 2020-21, especially toward the end of the year as the virus really has um, morphed and um, mutated into what we would really consider to be a more traditional mild to moderate uh, upper respiratory illness. Um, you know, stu people, students or staff who um, had COVID toward the end of the year, it, it, was not as it was not as intense for most of them. Of course, everyone's a little bit different. So we've really evolved in how... We understand uh, the virus from a public health perspective and from a school perspective, how we are able to keep everyone as safe as practicable. And part of that are the tools that we have, Jeff. So we have so many more tools, even now than we did at the beginning of the school year, where people can truly make some individual choices that both uh, impact their health and safety and the health and safety of others. So I think back in August, we set our goal for the year was to prioritize uninterrupted in-person learning. And as you said, you know, we held school on every scheduled day this year, except for one because of snow, 
and I'm really thankful I only had to drive the roads once this year, and I think I think the powers that be owe me a couple more years of that after all of this uh, these items. But uh, at the end of the day, we were able to accomplish that as a system. Now, a system is made up of individuals, so I want to acknowledge that not every family or staff member had un- uninterrupted in-person learning this year. Um, because of the way that we worked our system, uh, people were impacted if they were ill, um, if they had uh, illness that looked like you know COVID-19 had some similar, uh, uh, similar symptoms, especially earlier in the year. Uh, whether a person was considered a close contact and needed to quarantine, you know, those rules were really in effect through around February. And we know that um, many people in the school district appreciated those mitigation protocols. We also know that they, frankly, angered uh, some others. The good news is that we had promised that we would continue to look at the data and make adjustments accordingly. We made several adjustments during the year, the most notable of which is just after the big Omicron surge in January happened in early February. We were able to remove most mitigation strategies. And really, um, as people in the school district know it, Toward the end of the year, the last week of school felt the most regular that we have felt in some time. And so I shared that little history lesson of just this year um, to, to share the perspective. We, we became this community center for testing for our families, um, our Q testing center, which we've talked about several times. Uh, we did 1,854 tests there this year, 300 positives. We gave out thousands and thousands of more um of the uh, rapid antigen tests for people. So we are able to respond and provide families with services that we normally wouldn't have because schools know how to do those things. So as we bring this year to a close and as we all hope and fingers crossed and all, we we just hope that we are at a point um, where the pandemic does not have this kind of impact that it did early in the year as we move forward. And so I want to thank all the teachers and the staff who did incredible work this year navigating and managing. I want to thank our parents, and I want to thank our community members. For all those folks, we received a lot of feedback, and I sincerely and I genuinely thank everyone listening for their feedback, whether it was supportive or whether it was critical. And I actually mean that. Uh, We received critical feedback and positive feedback that helped us understand where the community was at and try to help support them. So, we just thank everyone, uh, our teachers and our staff, just did this amazing job. School nurses, custodians, child nutrition, office employees, administrators. Everyone pulled together to do the best that they could given the circumstances that we were dealt. And I once went to a basketball coaching clinic years ago, Jeff, uh, when I was coaching basketball. And Roy Williams, the famous uh, North Carolina basketball coach, and before that the Kansas basketball coach, Someone asked him, what was your best year of coaching? Everyone thought, oh, he was a big Kansas team or whatever. He was still coaching at Kansas at the time. And he said, no way. The best year was a year where we went 2-14 and 14 with some high school team that he had coached in North Carolina. He said, because the growth and development of that team was amazing. It just never showed up you know, in the win column. And in some ways, I feel for our staff um, and for our students, while this year was the hardest year, Jeff, it may also been, have been some of the best work that people have ever done, and yet it will be something that won't be necessarily remembered that way. So again, thanks to the community. Thanks to KYMN for helping us inform the community 
um, and we look forward to move forward together with collective forgiveness. Okay, I'm going to stop you. <laughs> yes. What does this mean for the 2022-23 school year? Are you going to change policies? Is there, Are you going to have to wait and see what things are happening, what the, what's going on in yep. late August? Or? Well, we have a current safe learning plan, right, mm-hmm. which is very limited mitigation strategies. And, you know, there's uh, if a person has COVID-19, they have to be out for uh, a minimum of five days. Right now, that's what our rules are. That's what our rules are. Will will be for the foreseeable future. If there is a change in the pandemic, we will of course adjust. But um, we are hopeful that we are on a right on a right track. We have far more tools to deal with this than we ever did before. Now let's move on. You uh, received uh, the facilities task force uh, report, and this is uh, for our listeners out there. This is a big thing that is help shape the school year over the course probably of the next decade or so. What were the findings by the Facilities Task Force? So the Facilities Task Force, uh, we had uh, more than uh, 30 people involved in that. There were uh, teachers, there were staff members, students, uh, parents, community members without children, um, trying to really get a good cross-section. They met four times, and they did some real work with the charge of what would you want to do at the existing high school um, to improve it to where it would be able to serve students and operate efficiently for approximately the next 20 years. So Wold Architects and Engineers uh, and Knutes and Construction helped us with that process. And with that narrow focus, focus, um, that group came back uh, with a number of different options that the board heard last night in terms of the existing facility. And I would really describe it in terms of phases, right? So there were phases that were really around the infrastructure, Jeff. So things like HVAC, um, you know, the kinds of... Uh, getting the temperature to be reasonable in all parts of the building. Anybody who is listening who's been in the high school knows what I mean. Doing energy efficiency, things like the windows. and So really more of those kind of core envelope and interior building uh, kinds of things. Then they talked about educational adequacy, about how to be able to use the existing facility and remodel the existing facility so that it could have spaces that can prepare students for the modern workforce. That could be things like looking at... um, Removing a a classroom and making that more of a collaborative learning uh, space. That's one example of the kinds of things that they looked at. Uh, And then they also looked at there wasn't a need at this point for more space is what the group determined. But there is some need for more space in specific areas, specifically when it comes to athletics and when, when it comes to music performance, especially for the music classrooms. There's two music uh, spaces at the high school for three very uh, successful programs. And so those were the areas where there was really a determination of that there was additional space needed. In the rest of the building, uh, there's adequate amount of space. It's just a matter of how could that space be reconfigured in some ways uh, to support modern instruction. We've shown people some of that by doing some very simple things like removing lockers and replacing them with benches or countertops so students can be working collaboratively in the hallway. The committee ranked, or I shouldn't say ranked, they rated those kinds of things on a 1 to 10 scale, 1 meaning, yes, this is an absolute need, 10 meaning we can probably wait to look at doing that uh, at some point later. It may not be a priority now. So the the committee didn't have a recommendation, but they gave a series of things uh, that the board should consider in thinking about that facility moving forward. So that our target goal was around 70 million, between 40 million and 70 million is what we had given that group. If you were to do all the things that they rated as uh, important, you'd be looking around 87 million. Um, we did have Wold and Knutson compare that to what they felt the cost of a replacement facility would be, what they anticipate based on the last um, 
several new high schools throughout Minnesota. They anticipate right now, including all of the construction and inflation things that we hear, a 118 to $120 million range for um, new construction, if you were to do something like that. Uh, so they just gave that as a comparison component. A lot of discussion about uh, where interest rates are at and how that might play into it. But this was a this was about putting together a master plan that could result in a question to the community at some point. So the board simply received this report last night. They asked clarifying questions. Um, they are listening and they are uh, to each other and determining, okay, what's the right pathway forward, you know, for a master plan at the high school. I do want to point out uh, this, you know, our, our friends at the city council have talked about this wonderful possibility of the expansion of Aurora pharmaceuticals. What a great thing for the community, right? We have long wanted to be a center of high tech development and uh, Aurora Pharmaceuticals clearly fits into that category. We've you've reported on KYMN. They're looking at doing some expansion, and it could include uh, the possibility of the purchase of the existing ice arena. So to be good stewards and to be prepared, we did have Wold provide us some information about the existing ice facility. Even though we don't own it, we wanted to have some objective data, um, a little bit of a report on that ice uh, facility, and then also some estimation of if as the community comes together to think about what is the future of that kind of facility in our community. What are the, what's the going rate for that? And so we talked very briefly about that last night, but really the board heard the report specific to the possibilities of renovation and remodeling at the high school. Boy, Matt, we could talk for a long time on that facilities report, and I would like to do that. And we a can come back day. next week and do it, Jeff. Perfect. That's uh, what I was hinting at, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's a, there's a lot to digest there, and I'm sure you're still looking through that study and, and uh, kind of digesting everything. So we'll have you back over the course of the summer. This is the last uh, school board meeting, the only one of the, the month of June. Uh, the next one will be going into July, and hopefully uh, everybody involved can take a deep breath, reorganize, maybe get a little time off and get ready for the uh, next school year thank yeah. you no and thanks jeff to you and to rich and, and just of course thanks to the entire community for helping us navigate this very interesting year and we look forward to moving forward together all right and we'll, we'll work out a uh, time to uh, talk about the facilities that is superintendent of schools dr matt hillman